Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon. Today, we have a returning guest and uh, I'm excited to uh, bring him back and have him share some more of his wisdom with you. Uh, Today, I'm talking with Adam Lean. Adam helps small business owners make their business profitable by untangling their financials and showing them exactly what levers to pull to maximize profit and freedom. And I, I just, I love what he's doing because I think it, it, we all, have all of these numbers and we often never know what to do with them and he makes it really easy to understand and and his goal is just that it's to make it simple to help his clients go from feeling overwhelmed and stressed about cash and wondering where all the money's going to as it flows through the business to feeling very confident and knowing that they're running their business like a ceo and they've got the numbers that will help them with their decision making so Welcome back to the show, Adam Lean. Adam, great to have you back. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So uh, since we we did the first interview, we've actually begun working together. You've become a client of ours, and it's allowed me to really, uh, really see into what you're doing and how important it is. And, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you back, because you've just got this knack for simplifying, you know, what are otherwise pretty complex and sometimes very murky financial numbers in in a business. And so I'm excited to get into some of that today. Since we we spoke last, what what has changed in your business? What's what's new and interesting? I know you got a lot going on. Yeah. So I mean a lot has changed in the business. We've been definitely picking up uh, more clients, uh, working with all different types of clients. Uh, you know, we specialize in in both e-commerce and service-based businesses, but uh, I get a chance to meet all kinds of different types of businesses, different types of business owners. If you think about it, regardless of the type of business, it, you know, every business is in it for, you know, one thing to, to, to improve profit, <laughs> um, which is a number. And that's what we specialize in and helping, helping business owners understand the numbers in their business and, and what to do about it. Yeah. Well, and I love the way that you tie profit to freedom because without money freedom, it's pretty hard to have, time freedom or relationship freedom. And, uh, and so the, the two really, I think, go hand in hand. Yeah. I mean, most business owners, you know, and I'm definitely guilty of this, are working too much in the business. And therefore, you're, you're sort of a slave to your business. You're, work, you're, you're almost your own employee. <laughs> and the, you know, the, the business should not be a job for you. It, you should own the business. The business should be working for you. And you should be working on the business, not in the business. And that will allow you to have that freedom because if you're still an employee of your own business and if, if your business is just a, a, a very expensive job for you, uh, then you don't have the freedom because you're always working in the business. And that's, I mean, that's not what many business owners get into business for. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, we, we don't get into it just to go buy ourselves a job, but, but it's funny. We, you know, we often get into a business because we love doing the thing that we're doing. We we think that by starting it, it's going to give us that freedom that we don't have in a job. But most of the time, what I, I think business owners find out really quickly is that it it gives them all the risk and the exact same work that they were doing before, probably for the exact, totally. the exact same money, if not less um, than, than what they had before. And so, you know, but 
but the work that you're doing with your clients is is really i think a an easy way to get at the solution to all of that and it's it's really to drive the business by the numbers and so for folks who are listening as they're thinking about their own business what are some of the the things they should be paying attention to on the financial side yeah so then the whole goal of a business is to improve profit and cash flow. I mean, that's the, the point of the business is to give you uh, cash uh, to reinvest back in the business or to save for retirement or to pay off debt or whatever. Uh, but the best way to get there is to make more profit uh, and profits a number. And one of the reasons why business owners struggle so much is because they don't know how to improve that number. I mean, what they typically do is just work more on and trying to get more customers or more clients uh, and then just, you know, run 90 miles an hour trying to do that. Uh, but, uh, and the other problem is that when they run an income statement report or a balance sheet, all these, you know, financial reports from QuickBooks or your accounting software, it's easy to get lost in understanding really what's going on in your business. I mean, it's really difficult for somebody uh, to who's working in the business and you know working sixty hours a week to sit down and really dissect an, a financial statement, uh, and th th because they're they're just confusing. I mean, they just are. <laughs> I had the benefit of being an accountant before I started my business, so I could understand it. But but most people just don't understand it. But at the end of the day, you still got to understand the financials and what's going on in your business because that helps you. Uh, know what you should do to improve the profit. Um, so I'm a big fan of making the financials clear. So in, you know, for our clients, at least instead of giving them an, an income statement or balance sheet to look at, we actually create a custom scoreboard for the client. I mean, a, a scoreboard tells you the score and it should be easy and clear. And that's what we, we create. So we, like to put no more than you know 10 to 12 numbers if you will on this scoreboard and each scoreboard uh each each number on the scoreboard should tell you what to do to improve your business so if you think about it like this if your entire business is a is a puzzle um each the the puzzle is broken down into many different pieces uh you need to know which piece which puzzle piece is is going right and which is going wrong and uh, so we put all those puzzle pieces, the most important ones on the scoreboard. So every single month you should know what's working and what's not. Uh, so, you know, some of the basic numbers that you should be paying attention to uh, that should be on your scoreboard are essentially broken down into sort of three sections. The first is, is marketing and sales. Like how do you get customers? The second is profitability. How do you, uh, make a profit from those customers. And the third is cash flow. How do you turn all that business into true cash that you get to keep? Um, so those are the three sort of buckets that I put on, you know, that, that should be on your scoreboard. So I'll break that down if you want uh, into some of the specific numbers that I think you should be paying attention to. Is that okay? Yeah, I think that's great because I think, you know, this is, this is often a very confusing area for folks. And, you know, so much of what we get from our accountants who they do great work and it serves a certain purpose, but they always give you the view from the rear view mirror or through the rear view mirror. Totally. It's hard to run a business that way though. Yep. I mean, accountants and bookkeepers record what happened in the past. I mean, that's what they get paid to do. 
Um, and so when you get these reports, they tell you what happened in the past. Well, you need to know what to do now to impact the future. Yeah, so some of the numbers, and, and I'll sort of tie the, the, the past and the future together as I explain these numbers, but uh, let's say that you own a heating and air company. And uh, so some of the numbers that you should be paying attention to, and, and this can apply whether you own a retail store or restaurant, whatnot, but, but I'll just sort of use a heating and air company as, a, as an example. Uh, so some of the numbers that you should be paying to uh, attention to, uh, so starting off with number one is the number of leads uh, that you get. You know, the number of leads that you attract to your business uh, is very important. And of course, all the marketing efforts that you use and you pay for should be giving you leads. Well, that's number one. But then number two, you need to track your lead to customer conversion rate. How many, you know, what percent of those leads that you get can you turn into customers? Now, if, you, if we stop right there, just those two things, if you improve each one of those two numbers individually, get more leads and then get more uh, higher conversion rate, um, then your business will, will you know, dramatically increase. And that's just an, a, a small example of taking your entire business and breaking it up into pieces. We're just looking at number of leads and just looking at conversion rate. Uh, and that way, you, you know, do you have a lead problem? Are you not getting enough leads or are you, are you not able to convert them? Um, you know, just those two things alone will help. So number of leads, uh, conversion rate. Number three is the uh, customer retention rate. You know, that's something that you can improve. How, how do you take all the, once you, once you get a lead, once you convert them to a client, you need to retain the client, especially in the heating and air business. Uh, but it, let's say you own an e-commerce store. Uh, you know, instead of customer retention rate, it would just be purchase frequency. How many, you know, how many customers, existing customers that you've won in the past can buy again, are going to buy again. And that's a number that you need to be paying attention to, to improve that. Um, so number of leads, conversion rate, customer retention rate. Uh, then number, uh, number four is average order value. You want to increase the average order value. And as you can see, each of these things you need to know of all these things, which ones are working and which ones are not. You may not have a lead problem. You may be getting tons of lead leads, but you may not be charging enough. And that's, you know, if you're tracking average order value, then you would know that. Um, the fifth is, of course, the number of uh, orders that you get or number of invoices, however you define a transaction. And then all of those things, one through five, add up to revenue, total revenue. So if you pull, if you run your income statement, it'll show you total revenue, but how do you get there? And you mentioned, you know, your accountant records what, you know, what happened in the past and they give you this report and it's a history of your business. Well, you need to know how to Im impact revenue in the future. And those five things that should be on your scoreboard are exactly how to impact uh, revenue in the future. There's a, there's a terminology not to get too, accounting lingo-y, <laughs> but there's a term called lagging and leading indicators. Lagging indicator just means it's a number or an indicator that tells you what happened in the past. That's it. Revenue is a great example of a lagging indicator. It tells you, well, you made $100,000 last month in revenue. Well, that's great, but you need to know what to do to impact revenue next month and the month after that. And therefore you need to be paying attention to what's called leading indicators. And all five of those numbers I mentioned earlier, those five metrics are leading indicators, number of leads, 
conversion rate, client retention rate, average order value. If you improve each of those four things uh, individually, then you will improve revenue in next month and the month after that. Um, so that's, that's really the revenue piece, the, the marketing and sales piece of the scoreboard. The second main section of the scoreboard is profitability. Once you make a, a sale, you need to keep as much of that sale as possible. You know, Robert Kiyosaki, he wrote uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He, one of my favorite quotes is uh, that he put in the book was, you know, it's not how much you make that matters, it's how much you keep. Well, sales is the making part. You can make a million dollars in sales, but if you're only keeping $10 of it, what's the point? Make, keeping it is the most important part, and that's, that's profit. So once you make a sale, you need to track uh, the, how much you're spending after the sale. And so there's two metrics I like to put on the scoreboard. One's gross profit, uh, which is simply your sales minus all the direct cost to make the sale. So if you're a heating and air company, if you sell a customer a thousand dollar air conditioning unit, then uh, the direct cost would be things like the actual cost of the air conditioning unit and the labor involved in installing it. Let's say it, you know, all that was $600. So really you've only made $400, which is your gross profit. Um, so we want to increase, improve the gross profit, which is another leading indicator on your uh, scoreboard. So if you take your sales minus your gross profit, then the only other thing you really have to pay attention to for profitability standpoint is overhead expenses. How can you reduce the amount of overhead uh, involved. So that, that example, you sell a thousand dollar air conditioning unit, your gross profit, $600 after paying the, the direct cost, then you're left uh, with $600 to pay the overhead uh, for the business. And after you subtract the overhead, that's your net profit. So if your goal is net profit, how can you increase sales? How can you increase gross profit and how can you reduce expenses? So all those things need to be on your scoreboard. And the very last piece is this cash flow. Cash is, is the lifeblood, literally, of the business. I mean, there's a lot of profitable businesses that go out of business because they don't turn that profit into cash and keep the cash um, and, and use that cash to pay off debt or to invest in other things that will help uh, grow profit in the future. Um, so you've got to track cash flow and, and there's really three main metrics that should be on your scoreboard that I track for cash flow. The first is days sales outstanding. This is the number of days it takes for the average client to pay you. So if that customer that owes you a thousand dollars for that, that heating and air install, if, if it takes them 90 days to pay you, that means your days sales outstanding would be 90. Well, you've got to get that number as low as possible because if you think about it, you've had to pay the, your air conditioning supplier for the cost of that equipment. You've have to pay your employees to install that equipment. And so you're, you're out of money until your customer pays you. So you need to get that 90 days down as low as possible. Um, the second is, and this is mainly for, uh, for retail type businesses or restaurants that, that have inventory, they're selling inventory and, and there's a metric called days in inventory. The number of days, the average item is in your inventory. And, you, and again, you need to get that number as low as possible. If it takes, you know, a hundred days on average to sell one, 
you know, product, one unit, that's a hundred days that that cash is tied up on a shelf in your business. Uh, you need to get that number low as low as possible so that you can turn that, that item into profit and buy more items. Um, and then the last thing that should be on your scoreboard in terms of cash flow is uh, your what I call working capital ratio. Now, this is a little bit more accounting lingo, uh, but it's super, it, it's, once you understand it, it can be very easy to, to understand. And, and all it is, is your working capital is, is the amount of cash or capital that you have to pay all the expenses and to keep the lights on. So you want to make sure you have enough capital or cash to do that for the next month and, and for every month going after that. So the working capital ratio is simply a gauge, it's simply an indicator, a number that tells you how well you have, uh, you have the funds to keep the lights on, to keep the business operating. Um, that's why it's called working capital. Uh, and you need working capital. And there's really just three ways to get working capital. I mean, with, you know, cash for the, to keep the, the business running. The, the first way is through debt. You could, you know, take a, a loan out from the bank. That's one way to get working capital. Uh, number two, you could get investors or you can invest your own money into your business. Um, that's, that's the second way to get cash. The third, which is my favorite, which is more realistic for most small businesses, is just to make a profit. Um, and so as you can see, everything else we've had on the scoreboard will help if you improve each of those things will help self feed each other. So your working capital will go up if your net profit goes up and your net profit goes up if your sales go up and, and leads go up and et cetera. So all of that, this is, that's a very long a uh, answer to your question, Steve, but that's, those are the things that I would put on the scoreboard. Well, no, that's, that's really helpful. I think for everybody listening and just to clarify that working capital ratio. So that's working capital or the amount of cash you have over some other number to get the ratio. Yeah. Uh, so working capital is simply the, your current assets or the money that you own minus the amount that you owe somebody else. So current assets minus current liabilities. Current just means you owe it within a year. So let's say that you have $50,000 in the bank and $50,000 worth of stuff in inventory. That means you own $100,000. It can be turned into cash within a reasonable amount of time. And let's say you owe your vendors $90,000. So you simply take uh, your, your working capital is the amount that you own, $100,000, minus what you owe, $90,000. So your working capital is $10,000. And your working capital ratio is simply your current assets divided by your current liabilities. So in this case, $100,000 divided by $90,000 is about one point. One, um, so a good working capital is is anything above one. That means you have you own more than you owe. And so if you uh, if you have a, a, a less than one working capital ratio, then um, something's you know you've got to get cash from somewhere. You've got to get capital or cash from somewhere. Um, you know, and the best way to get it is to improve your net profit. I love that. So basically, when, when we put all of that together, we now have, uh, as you call it, a scorecard. We've got something that's really easy to read. Um, and I've seen your scorecards. Um, they're incredibly simple to, to just look at and understand. 
Um, and I know you build all that out for your clients, but we've got something that's really easy to, to understand. And now that enables us to, to make quicker decisions and better, hopefully better decisions as we try and grow the business, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, think about it. If you're, if you are trying to coach a NBA uh, team, if you're, if you're the, the general manager of the team, you know, how do you know, or if you're, sorry, if you're the coach of the team, how do you know how, you know, how well your, your team is doing if there's no score, if you, if the, if the scoreboard is, is blank, like, how do you know who's winning, who's losing, what plays you need to make, who you need to bring in, what your assistant coaches need to be doing. And I mean, it, and, and the key to a scoreboard is simplicity. Like you said, it's got to be simple and easy to read. That's the problem with the, the financial statements that you get from your accounting software is they're not simple and they're not easy to read and they won't tell you what to do. Um, so you've got to have something that's simple and easy to read uh, in order for you to take action to improve your business. Yeah. And, and I know that, you know, as, as you're working with, with business owners, you're then using this and you're working with them on a, a regular basis to kind of plan out then looking at the numbers, what needs to happen. And you, you work with them to set kind of the, the key projects for, I guess, quarter by quarter or month by month um, that are going to make an impact on these numbers. Yeah, totally. And that, and that's the, you know, you've got to understand the, 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 what's going on in your business. You, under, you have to understand your scoreboard, but then you have to know what to do about it. Um, and that's one of the things that we do for our clients. Once we build the scoreboard for them, every single month we analyze you know, ourselves because we're financial people. We analyze what the scoreboard and what's going on in the business. And we come to the table, we come to this meet, uh, you know, our, our monthly meetings with the clients and say, all right, based on everything going on and based on the goals that we have set together for your business, here's the two things that need to happen this month. And that is what a CFO or chief financial officer does for big businesses. They, they advise the, C, uh, the CEO on what needs to happen. They, they propose corrective actions on what needs to happen. Well, every business needs something like that. So we, that, that's essentially how you know, I came up with this business because I wanted to provide that type of thing to small businesses. I wanted to give small businesses the sort of the, the resources of what a CFO would provide for large businesses, but in a way that's affordable to small businesses. So we, every single month, our CFOs analyze your business and your scoreboard, and we have a meeting with you. You know, you're the CEO of your business. We have a, a meeting with you and say, all right, based on everything, here's the two to three things that need to happen. And then we'll strategize on how to make it happen on the phone, uh, on the video call. And uh, that way the client's crystal clear on two things. One, they know exactly what's going right and what's going wrong based on their score scoreboard. Uh, and number two, they know what steps to take based on this action plan that we give uh, them every single month. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, that's really powerful. I mean, that, and that's the one thing that takes this so far beyond what most of us get from our accountants. And I don't want any of the accountants to think that I don't love you. I love you all. My dad is a, was a CPA for uh, all of my life, you know, and, and so they do great and important work, but you're actually then coming in and building upon the work that they do looking backwards and kind of projecting that, that forwards. And then, helping with the strategy piece too. And I think that's so important because sometimes we get caught up in our businesses, you know, and 
we're caught up in the day-to-day grind and it's it's hard to to remember sometimes to step back and think kind of strategically and 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 be able to see okay well there are my numbers and if i move this one and that one this month let's come up with some some strategies some product uh, some projects to do that you know you get you kind of get into a rhythm where the business is always improving i would think month after month after month yeah and that's the goal i mean that's the ultimate goal is to have a growing and more profitable business yeah well and and the compounding of that is got to be oh, huge absolutely that's amazing absolutely that's amazing so um i want to i want to change topics on you for a moment if we if we may okay um because the last time we spoke, we were recording an interview just like like this um, a few months ago. And at the end of that conversation, we got talking about about marketing and some different things. And and you you kind of got intrigued by by podcasting and and how we were doing some things. And and ultimately, you became a client of ours. And I'd I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey with your podcast and and how that has impacted your thinking about your business and, and, and frankly, how it's, it's uh, hopefully improved things on your scoreboard when it comes to, to leads and customers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in my business and like many others, you know, professional service-based businesses, it's just, it's, it's hard to attract, it's hard to get uh, awareness to potential clients. Once, once I have a client, a potential client aware of me, um, then it's, it's, you know, fairly easy to convert because, you know, most clients need something like this, but the awareness factor is hard. Most, you know, nobody's Googling what I do <laughs> uh, and, you know, any other professional service-based business, not many people are Googling it. Um, you know, you can't really put up a Facebook ad, you know, so awareness is hard. Uh, so, you know, one of the, the thing that I liked about the podcast is that it's a chance to, to build relationships with people who can get you, you know, put you in front of people who are, uh, and, and build that awareness. Um, and you know, podcast is a, is a great medium for getting that to happen because you can not only educate the, the, you know, the audience of the podcast, you build the relationship with the, the, the person that you're speaking with your guest. So yeah, that's what I loved about the, the podcast and through the relationships that I've built through the podcast and the people listening to the podcast. Uh, um, I mean, I've, you know, I've definitely been able to to attract several clients because they trust me. They they've heard me speak, and you know, in order to get somebody to trust you, they have to know and like you. Uh, and and by hearing you talk, you, you seem uh, more trustworthy than if you got a random you know ad on Facebook or uh, or whatnot. Um, so yeah, it's been great so far. Yeah, and you, you've really been a, a student of of our process. So you kind of dove right in and knew that you had some people, you know, that were in your network or at least on the periphery of that that you identified that that you wanted to interview. Um, and these were these were influencers who had uh, the ability to to refer you. And um, so tell us, talk us through how that went. Where you invited them on the podcast and then you were able to, to extend that into opportunities to present to their audiences. You know, I had several relationships with uh, people who had audiences of clients that, that would be a good fit for my business. 
Um, so I just, uh, you know, reached out to them and, and invited them as a guest on my podcast because it, it's a great way for them to promote their business. Um, and for me to learn more about what they do, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, you know, if you want to receive, you got to give, uh, first. And I think giving, you know, learning more about their business and giving them an opportunity to, to promote their business. And then, you know, being able to refer, you know, some of my clients or other people I know in my network to their businesses that that's actually happened. I think one of the first or second podcast guests I had on, once I learned more about their business, I was able to refer one of my clients to them and they're actually doing business to this day through those things. It makes the podcast guest want to help me out and, and promote my business. And so, you know, once we've continued building this relationship, you know, the goal is to help get the, uh, the, the podcast guests to help promote my business. And most of them, I, I haven't had one person say they didn't want to help uh, in some capacity. And so I'm, I'm able then to leverage that relationship and that trust and, and get in front of their audience uh, to promote my business. And these are people that I never would have gotten in front of if, if it wasn't for the relationship that I've built with the podcast guest. So you, you, you talk about get them having the opportunity or, or the willingness to want to promote you and what you're doing. Um, what does that look like? What, I mean, if we dive into the specifics, how have they helped bring people to you? Uh, so one of the best ways is, is offering to uh, do a webinar uh, about, in my case, it's with uh, making the financials clear and, you know, we'll help under, a webinar on helping you understand why your business may not be profitable and what to do about it. And so I approached these, these uh, podcast guests and asked them if they would, would like to, for me to present a webinar on how to improve the profitability of your business to their audience. And most of them have, have embraced the idea because you know, that's something that they don't provide to their audience and, and it's a great value for their audience. And so, you know, I put together this webinar and we do it as a, uh, a joint uh, webinar between me and the podcast guest. And it's been, it's worked out really well so far. Yeah, I know you've, uh, I've talked with you a, f a few times shortly after you've done one of those webinars and it's always, I think you've done this to me two or three times now where you're like, Oh yeah, we, we got another lead book that's booked a call. Right. <laughs> um, you know, which that certainly, uh, that's, that's what I love to hear. That gets me fired up. But, uh, but you know, I know that that at the end of the day, that's what that's what you were looking for. It was a way to to you know get people coming to you and and booking appointments already, kind of having an understanding of of what you do. So they'd heard like all the stuff that we talked about at the beginning of this episode. That's so important. The work that you do for businesses, they got to hear that kind of you know in advance of them being ready to talk with you. Absolutely. And, and so it sounds like you've you've really been able to to create those opportunities to educate folks, and then uh, you know, and you've got a message that resonates, which is that's that's awesome. It's so much fun to see uh, to see you have the success that you've had with it. So before we wrap up here, if you, you I know you went through a number of different forms of of marketing and business development, everything from that the, the local networking and, and you've lamented to me about um, about the amount of time that that's taken in the past. I've been there myself. Um, a lot of people, you know, can relate. You've tried a lot of different things. Um, what has been different about this process that stood out to you? 
that it's that it's relationship building that's scalable. Local networking is all about relationship. If you do it right, it's all about relationship building. You can't go to the chamber of commerce and just pass out business cards. That's not relationship building. You got to truly build relationships, but that's, that's hard. It's not scalable. I think the thing that, that I like about this the most is that I'm able to, to build true relationships because nobody's going to, nobody's going to act if they don't know and like and trust you. So you've got to build a relationship. Well, it's hard to build relationships across the country with people you don't know, unless you have a system or, or something that's scalable. And that's what I like about this. Awesome. Well, you're, you're knocking it out of the park for sure. And it's been fun to watch. Um, and you haven't really been, you haven't been at it for very long, but you're getting um, really great results. And uh, that always uh, gets us fired up every, every time, you know, you share a little win with us, I share it with the team and, and uh, you know, they, they love that as well. So we're really excited <laughs> for your success. So uh, can I put you on the spot? Sure. All right. So I know that you have created a really great presentation that goes deeper into all of the numbers that we talked about at, at the beginning of the show. Would, would it be okay if we shared that with everybody that's listening? Oh, of course. That would be great. So where, where should they go to, uh, to watch that presentation? Because you've got it set up on demand, I think, on your, on your website. Yep. Uh, it's on demand. Just go to the cfoproject.com slash video. So that's T-H-E-C-F-O project.com slash video. Yeah. And folks, um, I, I've watched it. It's, uh, it takes all of the concepts that, that Adam shared with you at the beginning and, and gives a little more detail because he's got a little bit more time to do it um, in the video. And um, I think you're going to get a ton out of it. So Go take a look at that. It's at the cfoproject.com slash video. We'll link that up in the show notes. Adam, thanks for coming back on the show. Congratulations on all your success. And, and again, thanks for uh, helping straighten us out on, uh, on profitability. It's been great today. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me again. This episode of the Unstoppable CEO podcast is sponsored by the Unstoppable Agency. That is the agency part of our business where we work with professional service firms and create a done-for-you marketing program. And what that looks like is we actually sit down with you. We come together and define your ideal client with you. We go build a list of those people and then we begin reaching out to them on your behalf to book them as guests on your podcast. We call it podcast prospecting and it's a fantastic way to connect with potential clients and influencers that can refer you and it's end-to-end -end a done-for-you system. And so if that's something that you think might be the right fit for your business, go to our website, go to unstoppableceo.net. You can uh, find there on the homepage a link to a video presentation that explains how it all works. And if you'd like, let's get together and have a quick 20-minute conversation and see if we're a fit. Again, that's at unstoppableceo.net. Right on the homepage, look for a link to the video that explains how it all works.